The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And on Friday night, Elon Musk said that he was dropping a bombshell. He actually said it on Wednesday, and he dropped it on Friday night. And man, it was intense. It was uh, everything that we expected, but now it's confirmed with internal Twitter documentation. And what Musk announced on Friday was that what really happened with the Hunter Biden story was suppression by Twitter. And he said he'd publish it starting at five o'clock. It didn't really start till around a little bit later, around after six and into seven o'clock when he really started um, putting it out there. But he did give us everything. And the first tweet was, here we go with two popcorn emojis uh, connected to a tweet from Matt Taibbi a reporter for the uh, Rolling Stone, maybe a, a writer for the Rolling Stone. I don't know if he's a reporter, uh, but we'll continue with uh, the story here. And he says, what you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter files, as he calls them, tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It's a Frankenstein tale, a Frankensteinian tale, of a human-built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer. Twitter is, in its conception, was once a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back, handled. Taibbi uh, continues to post more statuses and more statuses. And uh, the, the ultimate goal here is for him to reach this place of transparency and to disassemble this power structure that was created. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, we knew it was that guy, Jack. Even the internal Twitter people are, are uh, pointing out that m most of this didn't um, pass through Jack Dorsey's office. He was completely unaware in many situations. As Taibbi put it, the internal communications revealed just how much was done without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey and how long it took for the situation to get un-effed, right? Because they said the situation is effed. According to Taibbi, the former head of legal policy and trust, Vijaya Gatti, played a key role in the censorship decision, uh, in particular of the Hunter Biden laptop. Damning emails and comments from Twitter employees showed that everybody knew the social media giant suppression of the post scoop on Hunter Biden was the infamous laptop. And they all said, this is effed, uh, the euphemism for the F word. Now, the company's shaky rationale for taking the extraordinary censorship step was the story violated uh, the company's hacking materials policy, according to Taibbi, which was questioned by lots of insiders. 
Several uh, Twitter sources reportedly told Taibbi that they remember hearing about a, quote, general warning from federal law enforcement in the summer of 2022 about foreign hacking. But no evidence has been found about government involvement specifically centered on the New York Post story and Hunter Biden's laptop. They just freelanced it, a former employee told Taibbi about how the decision came about. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold. But no one had the guts to reverse it. This is what this one ex-employee said. The decision was a high-level executive, and everybody was puzzled. It goes on. I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for making this unsafe, Trenton Kennedy, a communications official, wrote in an apparent internal email to colleagues. It goes on. Can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy, said former Twitter vice president of global communications, Brandon Borman, in another uh, email. Then it says, uh, to which former deputy general counsel Jim Baker responded, quote, it is reasonable, end quote, to assume materials were hacked and that, quote, caution is warranted, end quote. So uh, they were playing fast and loose with the rules here. Everyone knew the whole thing was effed, according to another former employee. And according to Taibbi, the social media company took extraordinary steps to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, removing link that, uh, links excuse me, to expose anything that was shared by any other user on Twitter and posting warnings that this may be unsafe. Taibbi said that, Twitter even resorted to a rarely used tactic to stop the dissemination of the story by blocking the sharing of links via direct messages, a tool usually only used in extreme cases to stop things such as the distribution of child pornography. Twitter's censorship of the story then led White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany to getting locked out of her own account just weeks before the 2020 election. In an email shared by Taibbi, the Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn sent an angry email to the social media giant saying that they know exactly what they're doing and she should be unblocked. At least pretend to care for the next 20 days is what uh, he wrote in his email. Uh, when Twitter public policy executive Carolyn Strom notified the trust and safety team at the company, they informed her that McEnany had violated the company's hacked materials policy. Unbelievable. Nothing was stopping them. And clearly they threw out Trump. They, they've done a lot of things here. Musk is the world's richest man. He purchased Twitter last month and has previously insisted on full disclosure. It says that this is needed to determine why the company decided to block the bombshell report about President Biden's son weeks before the 2020 election. The 51-year-old billionaire who has vowed to turn Twitter into a bastion of free speech has been teasing the release of internal files for several days, according to the... Um, tweets that he's put out over the last few days and it goes on um i will share this on social media at rich valdez with an s at rich valdez with an s on all of the social media if you want to check it out but this is where uh, it is right now and he's going to continue um leaking out some information here and there and i guess not leaking releasing is probably the better word because this is his information to share now that he owns twitter but i think it's great and the guy in my opinion is a modern day hero uh, and again i don't like everything he does but i do think this is a nice uh, gesture for humanity, and that's kind of how he put it, and I, I agree. Nobody goes and spends $44 billion uh, to, um, to lose money. I think he's going to lose money initially. I think he's trying to be more transparent, and that is part of an overall um, mission of his, but I think it also suits his purpose. I think Twitter gives him a lot of information about a lot of things that he's doing. He's, you know, he's currently working on these um, brain chips, right? There's these brain chips where... They put a chip in your brain right now. They're testing them on monkeys, and several of these animals have died. And, and that's a separate story that I wanted to share with you guys. According to CNBC, Elon Musk shows off updates to his brain chips and says he's going to install one in himself when they're ready. Elon Musk, the uh, health tech venture or his health tech venture named Neuralink is uh, one of the companies he owns shared updates to its brain implant technology during a show-and-tell on Wednesday night. Musk said two of the company's applications will aim to restore vision, even for people who were born blind, and a third application will focus on the motor cortex, restoring full-body functionality for people with uh, severed spinal cords. The announcements should be treated with some skepticism, according to uh, experts, according to the CNBC article here that I'm looking at. 
by uh, Jacob Prozinski. No, he's the photographer, according to Ashley Caput. Anyway, Musk's health uh, tech venture is called Neuralink, and he says that they're looking forward to pushing this stuff out very, very soon, maybe in the next six months, saying, quote, uh, obviously, we want to be extremely careful and certain that it's going to work well before putting a device into a human, uh, but we're submitted. And I think most of our paperwork is uh, put into the FDA. So they're ready to go down this road to put chips into human beings. And this becomes a slippery soap for a lot of people. Some people say, I don't know if I like chips. Others think, this is the best thing ever. Science is the best. I remember being in high school, and a friend of mine used to smoke uh, Newport cigarettes, and a lot of people did at the time. But I I remember telling you, I think you smoke too many of those, two packs, sometimes three a day. And I said, man, that's going to kill you, bro. Your your, your lungs are going to be shot. And he said, nah, man. He said, it's 1996. He said, 20 years from now, you'll just be able to, like, order a new lung. Like, you know, <laughs> and I was like, wow. And he, he was really um, I mean, maybe not too far off. But the, but the point is, I think many people adopt this attitude because they think, yeah, we could do that. We could clone this. We can do that. You know, technology will eventually catch up with all of our human ways, our human errors. So I don't know. But none of these Neuralink's uh, devices have been tested on humans or even approved by the FDA as uh, thus far. So. There's skepticism. One person, Xing Chen, assistant professor uh, in the Department of Ophthalmology at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine, says Neuralink is a company that doesn't have to answer to shareholders. I don't know how much oversight is involved, but I think it's very important for the public to always keep in mind that before anything has to be approved uh, or has been approved by the FDA or any government body, all claims need to be very, very um, received in a very skeptical way and have to be examined uh, as such. So we'll see what's going on with this new company. Uh, Musk started the company in 2016 with a group of scientists and engineers, and it strives to develop brain computers or interfaces, or what they call uh, brain-computer interfaces, BCIs, that connect the human brain to computers that can decipher neural signals. Musk invested tens of millions of dollars of his personal wealth into the company, Instead, without evidence that Neuralink's devices could enable superhuman cognition and enable paralyzed people to operate smartphones or robotic limbs with their minds someday and solve autism and schizophrenia. The company's presentation on Wednesday echoed these lofty ambitions as Musk claimed it was as miraculous as it may sound and that they're confident in the possibility to restore full body functionality to someone who has a severed spinal cord. So we will see how this uh, pans out. But I got to say, I think things are going really, really fast here, right? We're looking at people that are putting chips in their head. A few weeks ago, I read a story on my uh, nighttime show where the individual paid to have a chip put in his hand just to not have to carry his phone everywhere so he could do his smart type of pay, you know, like the little chip in your debit card or, you know, the smart pay on your smartphone. He wanted to be able to just swipe his hand and buy stuff and do stuff and Some people are really for this. There's others like me that are more traditional that are saying, oh, hell no, I don't want to do that. So I don't know exactly where I fall on this, but I think, you know, the experimentation, it's good to advance science. At the same time, I don't know that we should um, really mess around with humanity that much. But I know there's people that will push back and say, well, what if we could do this and what if we could do that? I always kind of believed, and and it's, um, it's a true belief of mine, that when you get sick, you die. And it doesn't mean if you get a cold, you die. But eventually, you know, you get ill and these illnesses are terminal. And I know that they don't have to be. And I know there are examples of little kids that get ill. And, you know, nobody wants to see a little kid die. And nobody wants to see their young parents die. But, but the reality is life does happen. And people do die. And I think we should try to intervene as best we can. And this might be as best we can on steroids. But I just don't know how much of that uh, I feel comfortable with yet. But uh, it could be something that grows on me. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, I don't like the idea of robots. I don't like the idea of of uh, cyborgs and all of that stuff. I think of Terminator 2. I think of Total Recall and RoboCop. Speaking of RoboCop, there was that one story earlier in the week where San Francisco has now voted to allow these robots that they've been using like for the bomb squad and, and, and other uh, functions of the police department. They have now allowed them to be lethal 
under the operation of a police officer. And at first, the article was, San Francisco robot cops will not be allowed to shoot people. But the caveat was they're going to be equipped with explosives and they might be able to blow you up and kill you. And, and that's, not a, that's not a lie. So I just found that incredibly ironic that they won't shoot anybody, but they will, in effect, um, go ahead and explode and kill the person next to them. And I think this is not good if it's a hostage situation, if you're sending it into a room filled with kids, God forbid it's an active shooter scenario. This isn't going to work. And I don't like the idea that there could be human error or worse, something that can get hacked. What about these people with Elon Musk's chip in their head? What if they get hacked? And now all of a sudden you could just take over somebody and control people. And that to me is a risk that's not worth trying. I don't care if I have to die years earlier. I think I'm going to reject the chip and say, no, you know what? I don't, no, no, thank you. But again, I'm not in that position. Thank God I'm healthy. And I wouldn't want to be presumptuous on the behalf of someone that has a spinal cord issue or that is blind. So I guess, you know, to each his own and we should have the right to try. But it's an interesting conversation nonetheless. So let me know what you think about that. At Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media, at Rich Valdez. Now, straight ahead, we're going to continue along this vein and talk about a book by Patricia Corey called Hacking the God Code, where she says that it's this type of technology, especially from um, nefarious actors in Europe, that may be uh, taking over the world eventually. Anyway, we're going to get to that and more straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura podcast network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, with an S, by the way. 
there's uh, several things that we're going to talk about in the next segment or two, and not the least of which is the Great Reset and what that is and how it's affecting people, how uh, we are headed towards fiscal Armageddon, all sorts of different scenarios if we don't correct course from where we are. And uh, with us, we have an author. I think she's a, a really a prolific author. She's written several books, Patricia Corey. And she's joining us from Lisbon, Portugal. So I want to thank her for taking the time out to do that. And she's got a brand new book called Hacking the God Code, The Conspiracy to Steal the Human Soul. Patricia Corey, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rich. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Likewise. So I'm interested in getting the, the gist of it because I know there's several things that you spoke about here. Uh, you spoke about the Great Reset. You spoke about a couple of things with respect to so many, I'm going to say, geopolitical or political uh, situations that we're in in this day and age. Uh, what was the impetus? This is not your first book, but what was the impetus for you in writing this particular book? Well, yes, they are geopolitical indeed. And the obvious direction that we're taking is a system where we have a one world government. This is no longer uh, relegated to conspiracy theory. This is out in the open. And we have people like Klaus Schwab and others who are basically setting the pulse, even for the governments of the world. So at the G20 meeting, he, Klaus Schwab, the chairman or president of the World Economic Forum, actually was the keynote speaker, even though he's not a government official. And he basically set the stage for how the earth is going through a transition and meaning the Great Reset and what the government heads are going to be doing to deal with that. So I found that very alarming, the whole idea before, of course, he he spoke the other day. And I felt that it was time for me to direct my attention to this very important issue of global politics, global takeover of individual nations, and what that means for the human race at a time when we are really feeling a transition. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, this is a very interesting place to be because I, I don't spend a ton of time covering uh, the World Economic Forum, but a few months ago there were some really interesting uh, audio clips that came from some of their meetings. Uh, not only Mr. Schwab, but uh, one of his, uh, I guess, his chief of staff or one of his closest guys, and his name escapes me. But he said things like, you know, eventually, you know, we won't need God. Humans will replace God. Uh, he went on to say um, stuff about how there would be a transition where AI could replace so much of human emotion. And and I, I realized, wow, this, is, this guy in particular, um, one of the folks from the World Economic Forum, was very um, – uh, clearly didn't grow up the way I did, right? And uh, I grew up in the West uh, from a Hispanic family, very faith-centered. Uh, th- clearly not this guy, right? He had an accent. He, he was, maybe grew up in Europe. And God was a very um, uh, subsequent part of his conversation, if that at all. It wasn't uh, something that was central to, to the way he saw the world or lived his life. And it made me realize when you have folks that aren't rooted in a faith tradition, uh, or at least in Western civilization and, and so many of our customs, uh, this is what you can expect is people that are favoring robotics, people that favor uh, AI, people that favor uh, a lot of things that we may not be used to or that are even antithetical to our culture and our beliefs. So it, it comes as no surprise that you know you or others are shocked when they hear some of the ideas that come out of the World Economic Forum because – I think they do push the envelope in a very secular way, and that challenges the sensibilities of a lot of people that are more traditional like myself. Um, so what what are some of the things you outlined in the book? Well, I love what you just said, so I'd just like to comment on that. And that Go is, right ahead. It's one thing to be uh, atheistic in your belief system. It's another to catapult an entire civilization toward an AI mechanical or technical-based consciousness. So this is quite a conundrum for humankind at this time. So this is something that I feel is is absolutely tantamount to our exploration of where we're headed as a civilization, as people, as individuals, and perhaps as the entire species. Now, Yuval Harari, who is... The that's who I was talking about, people. by the way, his, his crazy little right-handed uh, henchman, Yuval Harari, that's his name. And he came out and said, the chilling words we know we realize you know uh, 
humans are hackable animals. This is, you know, exactly in line with, with my book, which this was said after the, the book was written. He said, you know, you this idea of immortality and the soul and all this and God, that's over. And I just, when he said that, I almost felt like I was getting blown away off my chair. Yeah. He said, you don't need that. We're going to go, we're going toward a human 2.0. Human yeah, 1.0 is over. And we can uh, construct and alter the the human being for a better model. And their intention is a syncing up with artificial intelligence, sort of like, you know, the Star Trek, the Borg. <laughs> Sometimes right. science fiction is a, is a sign of where we're headed. So I think that it's absolutely urgent that we address this issue and that we slow down uh, this race toward merging human beings with machines. Now, uh, Neuralink, which is a, a product of Elon Musk, right. has as its intention, drilling a hole in the skull, placing in a computer, and hooking it up to the neural networks of humans. Yeah, this is the, the chip this, that they're testing uh, on, on uh, currently testing right now, right? They've been testing it on animals, many of which have died, and now he's come out yesterday and said they're ready to test on humans (laughs) and i you know i feel that this is probably the most dangerous yeah it's it's just crazy i mean you know drilling a hole in a human skull and it's more than just an rfid chip they want to put in it's a mini computer hooking up the neural networks of the brain and being able to command human the excuse is they want to assist people that are paraplegic and that have other kinds of spinal injuries, et cetera. But the reality is hooking up a human to where they can control your movements and monitor your thoughts and most probably plant thoughts because in the animal experiments, the animals were completely robotic. It's like RoboCop, Total Recall, so many crazy movies from uh, from my uh, 90s childhood are coming to life here. And and I'm so glad you brought up this guy's name because I felt bad that I was drawing a blank. Yuval Harari. And in my opinion, even though I know he's like a um, the mentee to uh, Mr. Schwab, um, I think he's probably more provocative, more bombastic, pushes the envelope more on these um, kind of out there ideas, if you will. And, and it's, it's yeah. fascinating that, you know, uh, I think a lot of people don't even know who these guys are. And those that do, you know, they kind of write them off like I have for years because they've been around forever with the, with these stories. It just seems like in the last five or ten years, they're they're gaining a lot of ground and they're making a lot of headway and gaining a lot of influence with heads of state and making their way in, in particular in Europe. What do you think that's attributed to? I think that human beings tend to be distracted about what's really going on in the world, especially at the government level. And we are too busy trying to pay the rent and make a career and family and whatever that we aren't necessarily conscious as a a body of being of what's going on, how we're being controlled and what's in place to direct the human race. And so uh, that's how they get into power is because while we're not looking these forces, I mean, the idea of a one-world government has been around a very long time. In fact, I remember sure. the first time ever hearing from any, anyone in government speak of it was George Bush Sr. when he said we're heading toward a new a one-world government or, or a new world order. New I think he said order. a new world order. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, in my 25 years of writing, I've been talking about it for a very long time as well. And while we've been misdirected, this has been put in place, and the the World Economic Forum has many of its minions in places of power, like the Parliament in Canada, Trudeau. A lot of world leaders are graduates of the World Economic Forum Academy. Mm-hmm. I think it's very dangerous. Yeah. Now, here's my my thinking has always been on on ideas that are provocative. I think. Let's let's hash them out in in right here on the air in, in the in the marketplace of ideas amongst we the people. If my idea is better than yours, more people will listen to me. And I, I truly believe in competition that way in a, in a free market. Um, I realize sometimes these um, these ideas are pushed. People have their thumb on the scale a little bit. They you know they get people from the inside. But ultimately, I think most people. I think 
most people, at least up until recently, would reject a lot of these ideas, saying, well, I don't know if we're really ready for microchips drilled into my head and, and for, you know, to eliminate, you know, faith and, and, and one's personal freedoms and really kind of just go with the flow that you're, you're kind of presenting here, um, you being World Economic Forum and others that espouse that. However, I feel like it's somehow become a little bit more popular lately, and I'm wondering if that's due to the... Um, the decrease in those that identify as, you know, religious or uh, an increase in electronic communication, social media networks, et cetera, maybe a combination thereof. What are your thoughts? Well, that's a very good question. I talk about this at length in my book. And the issue here at hand is when we had the invention of the computer, or let's say when the computer became accessible to common folk, and then from there, we went to the cell phone. In a sense, we already have these, these technological invasive tools at work. So we all talk about the person who walks down the street with a cell phone in their hand, and, and they're oblivious. I've had people walk right into me. And this is probably 20 years, a little bit more than 20 years, that this huge technological explosion has taken over our societies. So in a sense, we're already getting plugged into this technological grid with the worldwide web, with our cell phone in our hands at all times. And there are many aspects to this. One is the radiation that comes from them frying us. The, another is the hypnotic aspect of these tools and how with each, it seems with each day, they're building in new things like uh, uh Having to sign in with your uh, with your yeah, like biometric scanning. Bio, thank you. I was I was blanking on the word. <clears throat> and thumbprints, and before long, you won't right. be able even to get into this phone without uh, acquiescing to those things. And so, uh, how this has become so prevalent, I think, is a, a blend of people becoming more material oriented, the attack, if you will, on faith. The wars, of course, of religion never end. And right now there's an attack on the Christian faith. And uh, who knows what will be the next to go down. But the, the bottom line here is that we seem to be being pulled to a materialism-based awareness of our role in, in the world and away from faith, away from God consciousness, which is probably the most important aspect of life is trying to figure out who your creator, one of the most important, who is your creator? The scientists are still crazy trying to figure out the Big mm. Bang and started it all. And I think that a healthy balance in life is contemplating, is there a force greater than me, greater than this, <clears throat> and yeah. our role in society? All right, I just want to remind the audience we're on with Patricia Corey. She's the author of Hacking the God Code, The Conspiracy to Steal the Human Soul. And uh, when we come back, I want to pick up right where you left off, because I think we talked about the technological aspect and maybe the political, geopolitical aspect. Of, but I want to get the the faith aspect and what you're talking about right now, because I think you're, you're on to something. I, I did a story a couple of days ago about how less than half of the people in the UK and Wales identify as Christian, and there seems to be a, a movement against being religious. So let's pick up on that note. Let's talk about the spiritual aspect. I wanted to get to why you chose this title. You know, like, what is Hacking the God Code, and how do you do it? The geneticists of the world are focused on DNA at this time, and the laboratories of the world, whether they're working on bioweapons, which is a discussion that we might want to have again another time, but whether it's the focus is on bioweaponry by altering the DNA, the sequence of DNA in viruses and bacteria, or whether it is the merging of different types of DNA with different species, in the case of chimeras or hybrids, or all kinds of mutations of the DNA. And that is at the foreground of science at this time, the field of biogenetics. And it is very clear that underway is the altering of human DNA for reasons that one can think are quite diabolical or simply because, like in the case of Harari, the idea is to improve upon the natural state of being, the body's own ability to heal, uh, treating, in the case of mRNA vaccinations, the idea of treating 
um, illnesses and disruption in the genetic health of beings with uh, synthetic or de- designer mRNA to go in there. That's the new medicine we're being told, mRNA in vaccines. And so I believe that it could be interfering with the natural divine blueprint that we have within us. I mean, some, I'm obviously a, a, a faithful person, and I believe that that everything about being human is, is not an accident, and that all biology has an, a blueprint, and that blueprint has a divinity to it. And I do not want anything to come in and tell that system, which I believe is coded with the light of creation. I don't want anyone, a Harari or any scientist, to come in and say, no, 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 your body doesn't know how to do this. We do. Again, our guest is Patricia Corey. I'm Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And we're coming right back. This is America. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura podcast network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. I hope you'll take a second and uh, follow me on all, whichever social media you like. We're on Truth Social, we're on Parler, we're on Getter, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Uh, Instagram's one of my favorites, honestly, because you get videos and you can see funny things, and it's not just all politics all the time. There's a lot of cute baby videos. I miss when my kids were babies. I honestly do. They've grown up so quickly. My two girls are 17 and 21, and uh, it's my advice to anybody who's a young parent that may be listening, don't blink 
they told me that when I was uh, probably 20 years old or 20, whenever it was, 22, when I first had my, 23, when uh, I first had my daughter. And uh, I remember somebody saying, don't blink, and it was so true. But I want to talk about some of the news and the headlines that are, you know, um, popping off the charts this week. Because in addition to all this Twitter stuff, uh, earlier in the week, we had the Kanye West debacle, right? Kanye West went on with Alex Jones, and he said... He, we need to stop dissing the Nazis. The Holocaust didn't happen like that. He said a lot of things. And I got to tell you, look, I'm a fan of Kanye West. I enjoy his music. It's still in my playlist. If you want to throw darts at a picture of me, go right ahead. Uh, I don't support any type of anti-Semitism, but I do support some Kanye music in my playlist because uh, he doesn't rap about that stuff. He's usually rapping about Jesus or just, you know, life. And, you know, art oftentimes is imitated by life. It's just how it works, right? Art imitating life is how art is produced in so many ways. And and I think that the guy is very talented. And I also believe that with respect to this, and this is not a cop-out or a, um, uh, a special plead for him per se, but he doesn't seem very genuine even in his Jew hatred when he says, you know, I love the Jews, but I love the Nazis. Well, hold on. Uh, I think you can, um, in, in, in his world, you can justify that by by saying that, you know, as a Christian, we're called to love all and forgive all. And and that's the platform that he, he's constantly espousing is, is, you know, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. So I, I get why he's saying those things. The bigger part I don't get is why is he saying those things, <laughs> right? What is the political purpose or the, um, the purpose in terms of dealing with the media for, for doing this? And, you know, in one interview I saw him say uh, with uh, a guy named Tim Pool. Uh, it was just a clip of it, but he gets up and he walks away. And as he walks, you know, before he does, he's uh, asked, well, you, you can't put everybody in the same bunch. You can't say because you've had a bunch of lawyers that were bad that, you know, because you've dealt with Jewish lawyers that every uh, Jew is a bad person because you had some bad experiences. And his response was, well, don't y'all do that every time you talk about the black vote? And I guess he's making the case that, you know, it's okay to make blacks a monolith, but it's not okay to make Jews a monolith. And, and and I understand the point he's making. And I think it was a point that should have been, it was well-received by me, and this is why I think it's always important. Um, even me in radio, I try to always avoid monoliths because I happen to not belong to one, right? Uh, uh, my parents are born in Puerto Rico. I was, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, live uh, in the suburbs in Jersey now, uh, four miles outside of Times Square, and I'm a conservative, typically voting Republican. So... I'm definitely not part of the um, monolith that the media would try to paint. And I understand Kanye's disdain there. But I don't think if that is his case, if he's trying to say that there are certain Jewish lawyers that are giving him a hard time and blackmailing him or whatever it is he's claiming, um, maligning him, saying that he's mentally ill when he's not and trying to take away his children, his family and his money, then he needs to be really clear in that regard. Because when you say things like, Hitler this and Hitler that, it clearly makes you out to be an anti-Semite. There's no other way to look at it. And I've asked for him to come on the program, and he's rejected that. I think he's only taken large video platforms. Uh, I wish he would consider radio because very few people understand the reach of radio. But lo and behold, that's what happened with Kanye West. And I think uh, it's it's a real disgrace uh, that today we're still having these conversations, that we're still dealing with Holocaust denial. It's just, it's not where we need to be. And then in an interesting turn of events, uh, it, there was some information leaked that his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, had already decided not to continue at Balenciaga, but had publicly put out that she was reevaluating her position with the brand. And then after all this is said and done and Kanye blows up and knows he's about to get kicked off Twitter again, he decides to do a very warm embrace of Balenciaga, which I thought was just out of control. Um, because it, it, go, it goes right against what he was saying. And, you know, he was saying that everybody's bad because they're bad to me. But yet, if Balenciaga was bad with their photo shoot that was racy and included uh, elements of child pornography, like that court case that was in the photo shoot and little kids that were there that should never have been there by their own admission, then why not call them out for that, right? And it just is a very interesting double standard, which is only going to add fuel to the narrative that he's not mentally stable. So I wish him the best. Uh, he's in my prayers for sure. Uh, but it, it just is a conundrum. I'm in a conundrum here. I can't figure out the political impetus of why he did this. 
I don't see a win for him here. But who knows? Um, him and Musk and Trump, these guys are master trollers that know how to play the media, uh, and they're usually a few steps ahead of all of us. So I will keep my eyes peeled for that. But straight ahead, I want to wrap up with a couple of thoughts. So don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. When it comes to life's adventures, Hyundai is thinking of every mile. It's your journey. Our podcast in our own world takes listeners through our entire journey. The good, the bad, and the oftentimes hilarious moments that make up our lives. Whether we're pulling prank calls on our friends or having an honest discussion about representation, it's all a part of our story. And Hyundai knows your journey is at the heart of your story. That's why they're by your side to cover all of the many miles and milestones together. And thanks to Hyundai, My Cultura listeners can experience the incredible journey of our Latino content creators. We're using their voices to share their stories because we all have a story. Join us as we voyage through life and celebrate its beauty, its diversity, and the voices of our culture. Together, we're discovering our road. Hyundai, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. It's your journey. The holidays always find a way. Hola, Amara La Negra here from Exactly Amara Podcast. Holidays y tradiciones go hand in hand. Whether you're making mom's famous recipes or getting your kids all dolled up to spend time with their loved ones, it's really about enjoying the real magic of the season by surrounding yourself with buenos amigos y familia, delicious food, mucho amor y cariño, and of course, ice cold Coke. Because Coca-Cola pairs perfectly with every holiday get-together, Coca-Cola and the My Cultura Podcast Network is another great pairing. With their generous support, we can continue to bring you our stories, our way, and told by us. There's no better time to celebrate our stories than now and to celebrate our storytellers all year long. Coca-Cola, proud partner of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis from the Chiquis and Chill podcast. State Farm apoya con orgullo este podcast and all the storytellers on the My Cultura podcast network. They value nuestra familia as much as we do, and that's why they're offering surprisingly great rates, so you don't have to give up on doing what you love. With State Farm, you'll help protect what's important to you. Together, we're committed to elevating the Latino experience. It's our time to be heard about so many topics. Y con el apoyo de State Farm, nuestras voces can speak about mental health, familia, financial literacy, body positivity, y mucho más. State Farm supports our vision, our communities, our neighborhoods, y nuestra gente. Tus seres queridos son tan importantes para ellos como lo son para ti. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. State Farm a proud sponsor of the My Cultura Podcast Network. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, it's true. I do have the best head of hair in all of broadcasting. It's Rich Valdez. I am here with you uh, this beautiful, wonderful, blessed weekend. Rich Valdez with an S, by the way, on all of the social media. Get at me there. I'd love to continue the conversation. We're seeing a lot of action on Facebook, not enough on Instagram, but um, I will continue to make my pitch as we have these national conversations. And I want to take a moment to remind you guys about a brand new show that I'm doing uh, Monday through Friday, every single night, 10 o'clock Eastern to 1 a.m. Anybody who's in the car, truckers, cab drivers, cops, any emergency personnel that are out there that listen to the radio, we're, uh, we're on 300 stations. It's a nationally syndicated show. I'm honored to be there. It was once hosted by Larry King, and then after that, Jim Bohannon, the late, great Jim Bohannon, who I had the opportunity to fill in for uh, over the summertime and uh, who recently went to be with the Lord. So um, I count it as a blessing and a privilege to be able to share that uh, position with them of being a late-night talk host, uh, three hours every single night, open phones in the third hour. So we're talking about everything under the sun in the midnight hour. And again, this is going all the way from New York to Alaska. So we're getting a a very interesting cross-section of people calling in from across the country. And it is uh, indeed eye-opening. Lots of guests. We don't do a ton of guests on This Is America, but uh, the new show, which will be called America at Night with Rich Valdez, is a live show, three nights, Monday, uh, three hours each night, Monday through Friday, 
uh, Eastern Time, but is airing in the Central and uh, uh, Pacific Time Zones. So uh, check it out if you can. It's the old Jim Bohannon show, the old Larry King show, the new Rich Valdez show, and it is an honor to be in that position. And I wanted to just wrap up with saying, you know, whether it's Kanye's anti-Semitism or perceived mental illness, and I say perceived because I've seen how they gaslight people before. I think it's important that we we know what our, our goal in life is. What is it that we're trying to do? For most of us that are conservatives, at least, I could tell you, you know, tell the government to get off my back and out of my pocket. Let me raise my family. Let me do what I have to do. And I think it's about loving your fellow man. It's about living life the best way you can and, and, um, and, and doing so peaceably. But remember, there are enemies. There are people that are against what we're trying to do. There are people that will get in the way of what we're trying to do. So you have to have a little bit of edge to you, a little bit of grit and know what's coming. You got to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So now's the time to start building that coalition and making the world a little bit better around you in whatever way you can, whether it's doing a radio show or showing up to work, but just do it because uh, I think we've got to keep our eye on the prize of what really matters most and not be as angry all the time because that really isn't going to solve too much for us. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Vacations are supposed to be easy, right? Lots of stress-free time spent on the beach with a drink in hand, making memories that will last a lifetime. So booking a vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. They offer easily bookable vacation packages with exclusive nonstop vacation flights to your favorite vacation destinations. Explore deals to top-rated resorts like Ryu Hotels and Resorts and plan your vacation with ease. It's like turning on easy mode. Get started at applevacations.com today. Hey.